Hi, welcome to Beyond the Bedroom. If you are watching me on YouTube, then hello. You can see I have probably the most special guest. Oh, you flatter me. <laughs> A frequenter to Beyond the Bedroom. And I have Mal Caroni, my friend Mal. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, it is I. Hello. So um, before we begin, I need to read an ad, uh, which I usually don't do, but we got a great sponsor. So yeah, it was really cool. So um, yeah, a little ad read. Here we go. Hello, homosexuals. We are Proudman Bank. Do you want to save up for the pussy boots this house down sleigh purchase? We are the bank for you. When you sign up for our crushing debt management consulting as a free gift, we won't be openly homophobic to you, queen. So great sponsor for today's show. I'm so, so excited. Yeah, because today we're talking about corporate pride. So what better sponsor really than Proudman Bank? Better one. <laughs> I know where I'm taking my banking business. <laughs> to Proudman? The Proudman Bank. So, okay, I guess we can start by talking about beyond even corporate pride. What was up with that bank that was like, hello, queens and queers. Yeah. We are the bank for you. I'm almost not convinced it was real. Like, I know it was. It feels like a fever dream. It's like, did that really happen? Like the yeah. um, all the bottom-friendly menus on. Okay. It's very like, We're why diving is this in. happening to us? Okay, so if, for those of y'all who don't, like, live in the U.S., or I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess it's all around the U.S., right? It's not just New York. Yeah, and it was all over Twitter. And yeah, so um, Uber Eats, or no, it was, inst- you know what? Aren't they all the same company at this the, point? Now, yeah, it was Postmates, it was Uber Eats. Which yeah. I think are the same. Now. Yeah. They had bottom friendly meals. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I just, to me, they were like, we partnered with, like, they partnered with like a GI professional, you know, like yeah. a gastroenterologist. And I was like, let's unpack this, shall we? Because, okay, it's just a lot. Like, it's a lot to do because a lot of people are going to be like what the fuck is this and then also it's i think people are going to be like this almost feels like a mockery like i know they're trying to do a good thing well is it a good thing i don't know but it just feels so i don't know maybe in a couple years we're going to look back and be like wow they were the ones who started but i doubt it because it was so like the reaction to it was not i think well what were they expecting i don't know an outpouring of gratitude, a bunch of hungry bottoms clamoring for all the available delivery drivers possible. I don't know. It Goodbye. feels it feels like a mockery, but it also feels yeah. so bizarrely opportunistic. Like it's one yeah. thing to like put a pride flag in your window. It's another to have such like a very niche marketing tactic. But yeah. also it's sort of like there's more to pride than just bottoming. Is there? I mean. I'd like to think so. <laughs> Maybe there isn't. <laughs> Not if you're at Providence Pride. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. It's it's weird and it makes me feel really uncomfortable when I get like targeted ads also that are like, hello, queers, buy these shoes. They are rainbow. And I'm like, okay. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. are they actually doing something? And I guess this is always like the same conversation with like – it goes back to that virtue signaling kind of thing where mm-hmm. people are like, oh, yeah, like we support the gays. But then they're donating like so much money to like anti-gay. Yeah. They're like, like hi, gay. <laughs> and then like July 1st, they're like, goodbye, gay. <clears throat> Bye. <laughs> Bye, gay. Like AT&T who has like their pride campaign and then donates so much money to like GOP yeah. candidates. And, you know, and I think yeah. it's sort of a corporate pride is a strange phenomena where it's inevitable in the sense that we're living in late stage capitalism. And now that being queer, quote unquote, is mainstreamed enough that it's a viable market, a viable yeah. demographic to target that they think that is worthwhile. So it's inevitable in that sense. But also I think there's, and I was thinking about this, knowing that we were going to talk about this today, 
how I just purchased like the the uh, Pride flag strap from Coach. Yeah, um, strap for a bag. Let's make that. Yeah, uh, 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 for a bag. <laughs> yes, uh, not for, for for anything else. No, because um, like we would never do anything like that. <laughs> we're not those kinds of people. <laughs> but yeah, um, you got the strap for your bag. Yeah, and from I brought. Coach. I bought the Love Wins sense from Bath and Body Works and both right. of them happen to be donating to like LGBTQ causes. Right. So that's fine or whatever. But it's, That's fine but, or whatever. <laughs> but because it's, you know, whether or not they donate, it'll happen. But for me, as uh, like a true millennial who was born in 1991, yeah, I very much witnessed the chain turning of the tide. Like, you know, once the Supreme Court ruled in favor of gay marriage, you know, there was sort of a shift. Whereas when I was growing up, there was no pride merchandise. No. There was Lisa Frank. And it was a risk if you bought it or not, whether or not you'd be humiliated in elementary school. Girl, my girl, Lisa. She was Queer on top icon. of it. Um, that's really all there was. Yeah. You know, there was, for me, as someone who knew they were different and queer very early on, Yeah. all I had was really watching Legally Blonde and Same. Lisa Frank merchandise. Yeah. So in a way, I'm kind of reliving that kind of lost experience of kind of enjoying um, a, a corporatized, you know, um, uh, materialistic, I guess you could say, aspect of pride. Yeah. Um, and I don't really feel bad about that. So when people kind of complain about it, I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want like yeah. to, everyone to completely ignore it like they used to? Right. Um, like, does it really help anyone? No. But it's also, we just sort of live in this world now where it's just, we're surrounded by marketing yeah. and ad tactics and, you know, um, demographics and all these sorts of things. And it's just sort of like, would you rather feel sort of included or just completely ignored? Right. Because I think that's it. Those are our two options. Because as much as you want to be like, well, where's the money going? Who's running the company? You know what I mean? And um, I am really picky with like my sponsors, like who I work with, not just because of this, but because also like I am working in research like i it can be a conflict of interest mm -hmm. if i'm working if i'm being sponsored by a company that's also sponsoring research like whether it's self-reported or whatever um but you know and and going into that now where i'm gonna put my lab coat on again and then i'm like fuck like i can't work with a company that's donating to a company that might be funding some of the research so i have to be like super careful so in that research that i do i am uh, figuring out like all of these, it, it's like so much of the stuff that we consume is all like, as we know, the same companies that own it all. But I mean, it trickles down even to like sex toys because like I've worked now in um, like the sex toy industry and it's a lot of like, how, okay, I'm going to try to be delicate here because I don't want to throw people under the bus. Okay. But um, I'm very supportive of people that like want to create their own sex toy lines. However, I've been working one-on-one -on -one with manufacturers for a while now. So I know a lot of it's just white label. And it's like, you can be supporting the, like uh, you as like a queer person who owns the business, it's a small business, um, whether you're selling a bunch of uh, toys or you're creating your own, but if you are – okay, this is going to be – I'm just going to say it. Right. These white labels are mass-produced, mm -hmm. usually in parts of the world like Bangladesh and, and stuff. So it's like developing uh, industrial zones. And so for me, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's silicone. I mean, it's going to be safe for your body but eventually pollute the earth. Like it just feels as if like – we can't really win. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sure. it's like, yeah, like there's a lot of small businesses you can support and that's better than supporting like maybe a huge industry that's run maybe by like, I'm not going to say who, but like a one white guy in California who owns like a lot of the right. sex toy stores in the US. But um, <laughs> I love you. Don't unfollow me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> um, but it is great when like small um, 
businesses like I mean I'm sponsored by Maud like I love them they are not a white label they've designed and engineered their own stuff which I love but there's other companies that I've worked with in the past that have been white label and I'm like okay that's fine um one is not better than the other but I do want people to be aware of like that pride collection or that queer owned business like it trickles it's just like a trickle down kind of thing where it's like there is someone behind that and then there's another entire organization behind that and then be Above all of that are just these huge factories pumping mm-hmm. out silicone products. Uh, so, you know, it it kind of is like we just have to pick our battles, I think, at this point. You know what I mean? Because it's going to pollute the earth. It's going to be um, probably made by people that are not making enough money at all to work in these factories. It's kind of like it kind of goes into that direction, too. Definitely. And I think what it also comes down to is um, when you don't have – the agency to necessarily make the perfect ethical choice. Right. Um, it kind of comes down to, you know, what makes you feel good. And yeah. for me, like the... the for me, the, it's the mod vibe, which you can get with my discount, <laughs> B-I-R-N-A-10 at getmod.com. Anyway. <laughs> that was smooth. Um, so the psychological boom that I get from, you know, my Coach Pride strap or my, yeah. you know, Bath and Body Works stuff, it's just sort of like, or like the pins that I wear, it's, is it virtue signaling? Is it, you know, opportunistic? Is it, you know, does it really mean much outside of my personal experience? Those are all kind of open-ended questions. Right. But, you know, what works for you works for you, and that's amazing. What works for you works for you, and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Choices. Um, but I agree. And I think also at the end of the day, it's like nice to be able to wear pride merch. Yeah. Like my um, shirt that's like huge tie-dye shirt that says trans rights or human rights. And I'm like doing my laundry downstairs like in the basement. And some old lady's like, I really like that shirt. We used to wear shirts like that in the 60s. And I'm like, cool. And then she saw what it says. And she's like, now I like it even more. <laughs> and I was like, you are a groovy lady. Yeah. So and I was I know really happy. that we've kind of drifted away from what Pride was intended for. Right. And there's, I've seen, you know, interviews with um, Sylvia Rivera toward the end of her life where mm-hmm. she kind of, foresaw this end result that we're living in now, you know, 20 something years later, where it's just been so corporatized and monetized. And it's no really longer about um, revolution or really advocating for things that matter. And it's just sort of a cashing in on whatever's available. Yeah. And I think that's sad. But at the same time, it's it's hard to conceptualize, I think for our generation particularly, because we've never really had to quote unquote fight for anything. So it's very easy to kind of rest on our laurels in terms of the things that we've benefited from, from people who came before us in terms yeah. of their advocacy work, you know, you know, all the people whose lives were lost in the AIDS crisis and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for us to sort of envision a world where this end result doesn't exist. But at the same time, that's just our lived experience, you know? We, yeah. we grew up in this super consumeristic culture and we no longer have that spirit, but, you know, what can we still appreciate and learn and teach ourselves to still gain that wisdom and that value even if that pride perhaps no longer exists? Right. And, and those battles have kind of transformed and gone to new battlegrounds as opposed to the pride parade or, yeah. you know, and, well, and how that's do you, unfortunate. How but. do you feel about people that are like, there should be no corporations at pride? Like not businesses. They're mm-hmm. like talking about corporations. Like, do we want Chase Bank to have a pride float? Um, I, and this is going to sound problematic perhaps, but I kind of don't care. Yeah. Like it doesn't make me feel any kind of way either way. Um, it doesn't make me feel resentful or um, exploited. And it also doesn't make me feel any grand sense of um, acceptance Inclusions. or yeah, you know, yeah. inclusion or anything like that. It's just sort of like when I first, the first pride parade I ever went to here in New York city in 2013, 2014, um, most of what I remember is like corporate logos that are rainbow and like yeah. um, handing out bees that have corporate logos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just sort of in my mind, they're kind of conflated. So it's not as much of a um, 
aberration as it might be to people right. who have, you know, more of a connection to the community and understanding what pride used to be. Yeah. For me, it's just sort of part and parcel of what it means to be a queer person in America in 2022. Yeah. It's just sort of like that that's our reality. Right. Um, and also like as a lot of you know, traditionally like queer media has become really popular, whether it's drag race or just in general, um the queer baiting kind of thing mm -hmm. that's happening too. Um, which I mean I think that term has been like so exhausted. Like now if a girl like flirts with another girl in a music video, it's like, well, she never said she was queer, so we can only assume she hates us. <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, okay. For sure. All right. Um, yeah, she uh, she <laughs> hates us. Um, but it just, yeah, I think, like, I agree. I mean, it doesn't make me feel included or accepted or like, well, now that Chase loves me, I can finally come out. I've arrived. Right. But it's also at the same time, I guess what you were saying earlier, where it's like, would you rather we be ignoring it, you know? But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, they're taking up so much space to say, yay, rainbows, but like nothing's really happening to the most marginalized people. Mm -hmm. But that's just, that's America. Yeah. And it's also sort of like, are you setting up reasonable expectations? Like, do you look for a bank to be making, right. you know, meaningful change in marginalized communities? Right. Like in an ideal no. world, yes, that's yeah. what would happen. But that's, I wouldn't expect that from most of the companies that, you know, sponsor Pride. Right. Um, especially in New York where it's tied to, you know, be a, you know, L asterisk asterisk, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything else, you know, it's, it's all tied together and, all we can do is sort of, like I said, you know, be educated and responsible and understand, you know, the needs of our community and help in those individual ways as opposed to relying on corporations to be our saviors, which is, I yeah, think, definitely. kind of systemic of a, you know, systemic thinking of a wider problem where we expect them to be moral. When, right. Like when Chase Bank not. will not save us. Chase Bank will not save us. I'm calling out Chase because I bank with Chase and I've had so many issues with them. So Chase, if you're yeah. listening, JP Morgan, <laughs> you're out wherever there. you are, <laughs> Sonia Morgan's like, hey, <laughs> you know what? I agree. <laughs> yeah. So um, Sonia Morgan, this one's for you. We love you. Our hero. Um, it was Ramona that was like, you need a Xanax <laughs> to Sonia. So this one's for you, Sonia. We support you. We where's the camera? We support you. We stand with you. Pride was made for Sonia Morgan. <laughs> and remember, money can't buy you class. That isn't that the Countess. Yeah, I just figured she needed a shout out. She's kind shout of a out. queer icon. That's true. That's true. That is true. And I feel like kind of segueing. We've kind of in our weird apocalyptic society handpicked who we kind of choose to be. Like the queer icons, queer icons, like but also Mothman, Mothman, the Babadook. Do you have Mothman on you? I do. I have him here. Uh -huh. I want to believe. Do, 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 do. I'm happy. And then, and then yeah. you have another Mothman. Yeah. Um, but I this think this podcast that was sponsored by Cryptids. <laughs> the Mothman. They're out sightings. there. <laughs> They might be watching in your bedroom. I would um, love that. Right? Oh my God. Imagine the Mothman just being like, girl, flaps flaps his wings, their wings. Excuse me, non-binary icon. Exactly. I'm um, sorry. So I think that- in I would like to apologize. <laughs> on the point that I'm not being able to make. Is that what you're apologizing yes. for? I misgendered the Mothman. And for that, I need to cancel myself. I will not be taking over the Beyond the Bedroom <laughs> podcast with my multiple qualifications and degrees in, in, uh, in um, acting and film. Yes. Um, I think that in this dearth of meaning that we kind of construct our own value and things that give us empowerment or enjoyment. Right. And so even in this wasteland of corporatized pride, we still can kind of enjoy, you know, going to Target and buying the Dawn of Chromatica vinyl yes. or, you know, looking to people who really have no part of like the queer community, but we've turned to um, as icons and sources of strength. Yeah, definitely. Um, and but, I think that's okay. Yeah. Speaking of Chromatica, 
Did you see that um, Lady Gaga's Born This Way was labeled as like the number one LGBTQ anthem? Yes. As if there's any other choice. Right. But people Except were like. Except maybe Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. True. True. I'm coming out to I'll Ross. show you mine. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, I mean, I love my girl Paris, though. But um, I. Real, I saw people like trying to argue that, and I was like, she literally says the words. Like, uh, there's been a lot of songs that were like metaphor, and a lot of songs mm-hmm. that were like, I'm free and I'm who I want to be. But she was literally like, listen up, queers. <laughs> if you are trans, if you yeah. are gay, you like to do things. The you- first song that ever says transgender is, is, is born, born this way. way. Yeah. So it's sort of like a, a false moment to be like this is the number one right anthem it's like of course it is yeah that that was the point mm-hmm. i mean i think that also like also sorry to interrupt but like no, people okay. also forget that like she's bisexual yeah so like this isn't just her making an anthem for the gays she's one of us yeah and it's also for her empowerment and her um journey and her existence right so to it's sort of like bizarre and people are like it's the number one anthem it's like you did you not do you right. know Lady Gaga at all? Do you understand like what that whole album was about? Not just the Born This Way, but the song individually, but the whole concept and all of her work. Yeah, I think um, people often like write her off because it's like, oh, well, she's so theatrical, like, of course. But I'm like, no, that could have like went south for her. I mean, it wasn't like that long ago, you know, but it was still like in, I mean, people were being like ironically homophobic and mm-hmm. quote unquote ironically racist, which I'm like, you're just being racist. Uh, you're just saying things and being like, that was funny to yeah. get away with it, which it was just, you know, but it's just, um, it was that time where everything was so like anything goes like shocking comedy and stuff. So everyone was like, oh, she's being so serious. You know, do you remember that people being like, oh, like, okay, relax. Yeah. And we were like, we will not relax. <laughs> so I think that was a good moment for for the for the gays. Yeah, it was a win for the gays. Hi gay. It's me, Gaga. And then the rest was history. Yeah. I really love her though, and I always have. And even when she's singing jazz, I love her. Because people turn on her when she sings jazz, and I'm like, I know. You need to, you need to leave. But um, pulling it back to corporate pride, um, I also think it's really funny when people just like release rainbow clothing, but it's like not necessarily pride themed, yeah. like going off that like metaphor thing. Um, that's always like really funny to me. Or it's like unity. Right. Or together. It's like, it's like very like, be it, it's like live, laugh, love, but the pride <laughs> edition where it's just like random words that could mean anything. Unity together. Homo. I mean. Home, no, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like so funny when um, when it's just like rainbow clothes for rainbow month, summertime, togetherness, equality. And then on the back, it's like slay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to slay. <laughs> no choice but to slay, I guess. Right. Um, but have you been to a Pride outside of New York? No. Yeah. I've been to like a couple random cities. I guess next year I'll be at D.C. Yeah, you will. Or maybe I'll be in L.A. Who knows? Who knows where I'll be, but I'll probably yeah. be in D.C., D.C. Pride. And I imagine that, you know, smaller towns or cities, their Prides perhaps are different. Maybe they're not as corporatized or... I mean, probably. Uh, well, I mean, I don't Or maybe know. they're little, um, little towns. Yeah. Or like, for example, my mother lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and she's part of PFLAG. Um, she was before even she adopted me. She's always been a staunch ally. Yes. Um, and we helped, and helped stan. Like overturn legislation Mama. when she lived Aldrich. in New Hampshire. Like she went to Washington, D.C. Yes. She saw the AIDS quilt when it was there. That's so um, crazy to me. And... So she works for Plea Flag there and, you know, is part of like the Pride Parade and stuff. And I feel like in communities where it's not as kind of a, f- a foregone conclusion that being queer is a thing and accepted, right. um, it could have more value for people. And perhaps what we take for granted isn't so essentialist for yeah. other communities. Because it's, it's hard to remember that, you know, 
you know, we're talking about like America and, you know, pride and corporate pride in America, but that experience changes vastly depending where you go. Oh, yeah. And it's a kind of a, you know, good question to ask, like, have you been to a pride in other parts of the country? And maybe the people will give you responses of, you know, what their experiences are with pride and maybe it means more elsewhere. For me, because I kind of grew up in a more supportive household, I never had a fear of coming out. I never really had any jeopardy there. And then moving to a super accepting place like New York City, even though I am non-binary and I've dressed kind of outside the norm and I've heard comments and felt looks, I've never felt in danger. And I've never really felt afraid for my life because of being queer or being trans or even, you know, being a person of color. Um, Yeah. So it's easy for me to like kind of write off pride in a way because it doesn't have that same value to me. Yeah. But if I grew up in another community or if, you know, it it took more courage to go to pride, you know, even just the, what does that mean? I'm admitting it to myself that this is who I am. I'm going out in public to admit who I am. And I'm being, you know, surrounded by other people who knows who'll see me, you know? I think that sometimes that takes on a much more higher stakes meaning for people. For sure. Because, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but I think for people who don't, aren't from like the greater New York area, they don't realize how conservative just like 20 minutes drive out of the city is. Um, And for me, I mean, I'm talking about Long Island Mm -hmm. and Connecticut and upper like in Westchester and in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Like these are super conservative. I mean, they're also both in the wealthy communities and not in the wealthy communities. Like it's a lot of conservatism and especially like um, the further you get away from the cities. But it doesn't even have to be that far. I could walk like to the New York border, you know what I mean? Like I was on the border of like New York and Connecticut and I was in the city all the time. I was in ballet. So I had like so much, um, you know, ballet boys that are just, it's just normal to be around a bunch of gay men all the time, your teachers, like everything. And then being from like such a conservative little pocket in Connecticut, and I say like little pocket because it's like it's a blue. These are all like blue states, but that doesn't mean that they are like socially super liberal. Yeah. They are almost like just as homophobic sometimes as other parts of the country, but they just don't say it. They like do it in a different way. And I talk about this all the time. And it's like I've talked about it before with like racism and anti-Semitism, but also like it's so apparent with like homophobia and stuff too, where they'll say like little remarks and stuff. But unfortunately, like the place I was in was very religious and um, evangelical, Catholic, Mormon, and a bunch of others. I mean, there was like more churches in my town than schools. Like it was so intense. Um, I don't even know. I think there's like 12 churches in the town that I grew up in. There was a lot where I grew up too. Yeah. Like literally every denomination. Right. And multiple sometimes. Like we had two um methodist we had two baptist we had baptist in connecticut yeah yeah shocking i know lutheran episcopalian mm-hmm. um a ton of them anyway <laughs> we'll name the christian roster here <laughs> um but uh then it was kind of one of those things where the first time i mean there was never like rainbow flags in the store windows or stuff when i went to iceland and i saw that when i was like young and I was like, where, why are these rainbow flags? Like, what's that mm-hmm. about? Because, like, we had um, openly queer people, like, in office, like, really early on in our history and stuff. So it's, like, it wasn't that crazy uh, to them. And I remember going, and uh, their Pride Month in Iceland is in August. And my, it's, like, around my birthday. Usually it's like usually like the first or second weekend in August they have like their parade and stuff. So I would always like be there for it. And I was always like, wow, like this is so cool, all this stuff. And of course there's also like homophobia in Iceland. I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Okay. Um, Of course there's like homophobia in Iceland and stuff, but um, it's not like the kind I grew up with. Mm -hmm. So seeing all these like things, I was just like, whoa my god they're okay with this they're not going to be like she's not invited or she's 
dirty or whatever because i mean i dealt with a lot of stuff and like it's so weird to me that even now like i will talk to people i went to high school with and they'll just be like "Mm, that like i just i don't know like that wasn't my experience because i had a gay best friend i'm like you had a gay best friend but like girls were not allowed to be in like together everyone knew that i was dating a girl and it was like a big deal and your gay best friend was not allowed to talk about his love life because it was icky like it's a lot of that yeah where it's like but i was friends with a gay guy and i'm like yeah but i think they were like two openly out people yeah maybe three one was a lesbian um and then two gay guys and none of them were really like they weren't horribly marginalized. No, but it's not like they were celebrated or no. or rallied around. Yeah, it was sort of like the unspoken exception to the rule. Yeah, um, and, and no one used like they them pronouns. No. no one asked about pronouns. They'd be like, "What is that? I'm a girl." Like they'd be yeah, like, "Why?" That are you wasn't asking? even when I, I graduated high school in 2010. That wasn't yeah. even like on the radar really. No. Like like being transgender was right, but it was sort of like um like a gotcha topic. It, it wasn't treated yeah. seri- as seriously as it is now. Um, and it's so it's just so interesting to see how much kind of culture has changed, but also stayed the same. Like you can do this, you can be this way, just don't shove it in my face. Yeah. Like that was the over like. Totally. You know, it, that was like the general consensus. Yeah. We, we're fine with the gays, just don't shove it down our throats. And I'm like. Sounds like you want something down your throat. I don't know. And I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> but I don't – that feeling has always bothered me so much because I'm like, why not? You shove everything else in front of us. Like yeah. I had to grow up with all these like straight movies and I had to grow up being told like um, it's just a phase and all this stuff. I had to grow up being like, oh, but that's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. Don't do those things. You're never going to get a man. All this stuff. I mean, that's like shoving it down someone's throat. That's literally like indoctrination. <laughs> like, But um, no, you're not allowed to do the same to them because then you're bad. Being a bad homo. You're so, pushing an agenda. Yeah, you're pushing the, the queer agenda, which is just a sequin everything, apparently, and <laughs> according I, to yeah. corporate pride. <laughs> and iced oat lavender lattes. See, that's an agenda I can get behind. So maybe I should run on that platform. You know what? You get a nice dot lavender latte. You get a nice dot lavender latte. Look under your seats, everyone in here. (laughs) (gasps) How did you know I was craving an ice dot lavender latte? Um, Can we talk about... Ice lavender latte. Can we talk about the homophobic dog? I was hoping you'd bring him up. Her up, (laughs) them up. Shall we not (laughs) assume the dogs, the homophobic dog's gender? I would like to apologize, part two, for misgendering the homophobic dog. (laughs) Because I actually really don't know. I think that makes it kind of funny. Yeah. Because there's like there's this air of judgment that could be funny if the dog was, yeah, male or female or not. I don't know. Maybe um, they're neither. Yeah, anus thing is possible. Anus thing. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. Um, but what did you want to um, just bring them up? Yeah. Just um, announce. I have a slur to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna pop the memes in. Um, to our conversation but I saw uh, a picture of him like printed out laminated and then a caption in a coffee shop that goes you're getting it with oat milk aren't you I <laughs> saw I that like, on Twitter or something and I like showed it to my coworker, who's yeah. like former co-worker who's bisexual and she yeah. like I saw that and like she like walked up the stairs laughing see like that's the kind of stuff that's on the gay agenda pushing the homophobic dog drinking oat milk like, but why are there these things? Like, why is it that, like, drinking oat milk is, like, an inherently funnily queer thing? Because of the bottoms. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. There's, but, no, there's no dairy in it. Right. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's also, like, cottagecore lesbian. Yeah. Well, because, you vegan. know, yeah, because vegan and all that jazz. Yeah. But, I'm I mean, just, there's also, like, other things, you know? Yeah. I'm just fair. I don't know. I kind of did the oat milk thing. I very much was. The I good did the queer, oat milk thing, <laughs> but I had to transcend it because it was too confining. Yes. Um, also, there's just something so much more satisfying about drinking iced coffee with cream. Oh, I can't do dairy. Or getting a whole milk latte, like oh, these so good. G- these genetics. White. Yeah, well, they do not. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
But um, I understand. Yes. But I also don't like the seed oils that are in oat milk. It's not yeah. very good for you. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, oat milk. Now I'm going to get canceled for that. I would like to apologize to Oatly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oatly's like, we were going to sponsor you. I would never. I don't like Oatly. I'll go on the record. Well, I like their product. I don't like the brand. Well, yeah. They well they they kind of did a 180. Yeah. Um, but I just, they're the only oat milk that I can drink if I'm drinking oat milk. And only the barista edition. But oatly. didn't they, speaking of, like an inherently funny queer meme to drink oat milk, didn't Oatly like contribute to GOP? They're a Swedish company though, so I don't understand. I don't know if it was contributing to GOP, but they contribute to deforestation somehow. Uh, yeah. Or, I mean, they're, or, they, or the owner of it now owns 10% of... Something. It's something bad for the environment. The Swedes. But, I mean, you know. who can we trust? Well, there? they don't own it anymore. Oh, yeah. They sold it. I'm sorry. I would like to apologize to the Swedes. <laughs> I'm allowed. Not you know what? completely, though. No, I'm allowed. The Icelander in me is always watching you. The Swedish people, <laughs> they love to shop the Klarna. Trixie went to Sweden. <laughs> She oh, was yeah, in I Sweden yeah. just like recently bet, and she was in Iceland yeah. too. And she was like, hi, gay. And she tried, I think she did that Swedish thing. We were all like, wrong country. <laughs> but go off, queen. Come for those Swedes. But I do love Klarna. Um, I prefer Afterpay. Mm. Um, but Which you can use same. on mine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to tie in these corporate yeah. sponsors somehow. It is nice to make you think you can afford things. Yeah, it is. You know, um, as many of you know, I had my identity stolen and my lines of credit destroyed um, because people took out like three lines of credit in my name. Spelled my name wrong, though, so that helped a lot. Uh, so tip if you're stealing someone's identity, don't spell their name wrong. Because it's oh, going to be really. Oh, I thought you meant like tip, like tip oh, service no. workers if you're stealing no, someone's identity. No, don't tip the people. And I'm like, no, I don't know if that cancels no. out. But like a little smart tip, you know. Yeah, pro um, tip. Pro tip. Just the pro tip. Don't, yeah, don't uh, spell their name wrong because then you're going to look like you don't know what you're doing. What a, I'm pretty lucky. I got a pretty bad yeah. scammer. Um, she made a lot of mistakes. But anyway, I um, love stuff like that after paying Klarna and stuff because it does actually in a roundabout way help my credit Yeah. now that I'm like have to start from scratch. Um, And it's, oh, this is also really funny. Sorry. I don't remember what company this is, but there was a company that had like a while ago had like a pride flag card. Huh. But I don't remember. And I can't. I don't remember. I can't find it now, but I saw them in person. We should bring that back. Yeah. I'd get that in a heartbeat. I'll pay with my gay card. Pulling the gay card. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I'm that was ha- my rose gold Amex. I thought that was the gay card. That's true. That's probably the gayest card that you could pull. There's the also the platinum one that has like the flowers on it, but I think that's almost not You know, gay. The, it's almost like two, it, it, cottage core, lesbian. Yeah. I mean, you know. Maybe they can claim it. but Yeah, which won't. I am not in that group. No, you're not. Bring me to the city. Glamp me. Don't camp me. But I am a camp queen. There's a fine We've line lost. between camp and camp. <laughs> We've uh, lost a lot of listeners in that like 15 seconds. In our ADHD addled <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, um, that's another thing too. Uh, pharmaceutical companies that support pride. Oh, like who? Um, Bayer uh-huh. did a thing. And also, who's right now making prep? I don't know the parent company. Yeah. Uh, Johnson Johnson also, uh-huh. uh, the pride uh, thing, which that to me is hilarious. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just like so funny. It's like aspirin, but gay. Like that's just, that kills me. Cause I'm just like, y'all could From have the just. the makers of baby aspirin. Now there's daddy aspirin. There's bottom aspirin. Which I don't I need aspirin. I just take it. Yeah. I I'm think... not weak. I don't need poppers either. Or weed. Oh, my God. When I was um, working in the sex toy store, I got so many people asking me about poppers. And, like, we didn't carry them. Um, and they were always like, where could I get them? Where could I get them? And I'm like, um, like, I was like, well, uh, I don't know. Have you tried a permanent marker? Right. I was like, don't huff anything in here, please. Um, but so many people are using poppers this month. Yeah. The maker of poppers should just be, like have a pride float at this point. Right. 
But they're like, it depends on like what state you're in, but sometimes they're like really hard to get. And then other times they're sold at like a bodega. Yeah. They're sold like everywhere here. Yeah. But a lot of sex toy stores like don't carry them anymore because they're like, they're getting stronger. Mm. And like, that's the problem because people like need more and more. Yeah. Do you remember I had a, not a roommate, but like a guy who lived in our building. I won't say his name. Um, And he used to huff deodorant in a plastic bag. Like Um, spray deodorant? Yeah. Axe, I think specifically like um, and like huff it. Um, And he did that like one time, like all night. And I was like so concerned for him. And I was like, you're going to have like two brain cells left by the end of this evening. But he just did that like all the time. And I was like, you know, I don't judge drug users. But I uh, I did judge him in that moment, huffing deodorant. I mean, if you're also huffing Axe body spray. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of camp. That's what I was saying. I was like, you know what, though? Go off, queen. <laughs> Do your thing, I like guess. Like thinking about like the, the whole inception of it. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of us had our awakenings like in gym class. Right. Which I can in my mind, like if I if like I like if I see the word gym, I can smell the Phoenix scent of like specifically Phoenix of oh the Axe God, body yeah. spray. Do you remember? I can like I can like see the fumes rising. You your Phoenix rises. <laughs> you become the Axe Phoenix. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, um, yeah, I I did judge him in that moment, and so I. I'm not going to apologize for that. Why would you? I I will not. (laughs) I will not. But uh, he was doing it because he said it made anal better. Huh. And I was like, you know what? I believe you and I'm not going to try. I'll just take your word for it. Right. Which I'm not suggesting. Please don't do that. Uh, But poppers are like like everywhere. And I've always been like. Charlie XCX signs poppers bottles. As she should. And enema bottles. Bulbs. Bulbs. It's a bulb, not a bottle. Oh my god, I'm getting asked left and right about douching and enemas. Like I don't know why. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, calm Boots the down. The house down enema core. Right, enema core. But I, um, I mean, I'm gonna have like an anal 101, anal 102, uh-huh. like thing, um, because a lot of people like want to. They're like, okay, like I know the basics and stuff. I just like want to know more about other stuff but the 101 everyone is asking for again and again and again and i've done it in icelandic a couple times but now i'm just like i'm gonna do it in english and i'm really excited actually for beyond the bedroom to like get up and running later this month because then i can just finally like have my own space to just teach and like all this stuff but it is currently my number i think two or three most suggested Topic. Topic is like not necessarily like anal sex, but it's like how do I prep yeah. for anal? How do I train for anal? And I'm like, hmm. And it's not just like women. There's like like it's like everyone asking me. But I'm like, anal's been on the menu for a while. Why is everyone like, you know, all of a just sudden just coming to the party? Um, actually, I was like recently at a party where we, for some reason, started talking about stuff like that. And all the girls were like, oh, my God, no, like I could never. It's like the worst like you like I could never. And then I was like, I I like it. And then they were like, I mean, like I have done it and like I will do it again. <laughs> and, like it just takes one person, yeah, you know that. what I mean, um, to like break it, the ice. And then all of a sudden everyone is like, so tell me more about like this part. You just have to get past that first wall. Exactly. If you know what I mean. Exactly. And push back against the comments about it. <laughs> and remember to breathe. Yes. Yes. But speaking of enema core, can we also maybe talk about that? Like, um, because I joke around all the time. I'm like, slay the house down, boots, pussy, queer slay. Um, Tongue pop. I'm not going to. There we go. I was like, I'm just going to end up Sounded more like a tennis ball, but you get the idea. (laughs) Serena Williams? Is that you? (laughs) Um, But a lot of people using these terms like in all seriousness. Mm -hmm. Does it bother you? Well. To me, it's hilarious because I'm like, you look like an idiot. Like like, like sincerely saying Like sincerely being like, 
you know what? Like, it was a total slay. And I'm like, you know, but it's like a girl who, like, is very straight, works at a bank. Chase, I'm still coming for you. Um, You know what I mean? Um, Well, I feel like this is, like, kind of a two-pronged topic. Right. So, obviously, a lot of these words come from AAVE and aren't really ours to throw around so cavalierly. And for people who don't know what that is, it's African-American vernacular English. Thank you. Because I have a lot of non-American listeners. Um, So there's that whole, like, dialectic, right? But there's also... So then it becomes, is it really my thing to get upset if people use it? Because it's not like it's my word anyway. Did you not create slay? I mean, I did as soon as I was born on (laughs) December 9th at... Nine minutes after midnight. Dreary Chicago night. It was very cold. Yes. Um, So it's sort of not my place to be upset about. I think what the the kind of root issue of all that is, is straight people occupying queer spaces. Yeah. Right. So it's um, them... And this, and again, this kind of circles back to the same issue. Like a lot of queer culture isn't inherently queer. It's taken from ballroom or it's taken from black culture or it's taken from Latino culture. It's taken from a lot of different places. Um, And there's a lot of different lived experiences that we kind of equate with being queer, but that you didn't necessarily live through. Right. Which is a larger topic for another time. So for me, it's just, it's just (laughs) the idea of like just straight people being dumbasses and not really they don't have anything to stand on their own so they take what's ours or they think or these things kind of mainstream a bit and right. and it loses the sense of camp or irony and it becomes them just thinking this is just a word to use right out of its context which i mean go off i guess but right and well i i think like for me okay i really at the end of the day i really don't care if people yeah. think i'm straight or not like, I, I personally don't care. Um, when I was younger, I used to get misgendered more. Um, and, like, I was more gender fluid when I was younger. Um, where, like, you like you started kind of meeting me. You met me kind of during that time mm-hmm. where I was, like, kind of going back and forth with that and, like, playing around. And there were a couple times where I was like, hey, um, sir, or, like, you know, all this stuff. And I just – it didn't – create euphoria for me and it didn't create dysphoria for me. I was just like, whatever. Um, Because I was like, this is just interesting that he thinks I'm like a teenage boy right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, all right. Um, I was like also like very thin. So -hmm. that's also part of it. Like people just assume androgyny is like, you know, that's also tied to it. But anyway, I really just don't care. Like it hurts me when people try to erase my queerness. Mm -hmm. Like when I, um, because like I'm intersex and I'm very queer so it's just kind of like for me sometimes I'm like I know I don't come across as either of those to most people so I just like don't really care um but when I make it a point to say it to people and like you know and then they purposefully or try to like erase that that's what bothers me especially people that are in the like slay kind of thing where I'm like okay that's just like not who I am and now you're like talking over me and you don't have these experiences. Um, like, I grew up my whole life, like, just being like, oh, I'm probably going to end up with a woman, like, all this stuff. And it was, like, very surprising to people in mm-hmm. my life. Um, and it was very surprising to me. It made sense, though. But I was like, you know. But that also doesn't mean that I'm not, like, sleeping with women again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. people also assume that, too. So they're like, oh, you know, she – like when you slap also like the labels of like married and stuff like that. But I would personally not even want to take up space for other people. Like I know how I look. I know how I come across. I would never be like, oh, I'm going to talk over this person. It bothers me when people do it to me. But like I'm not going to go in and like do that. You know what I mean? And I am like so lucky that I've got to like listen to some like really amazing people in the community speak on this um and like just like even um miss doro show from glitz like i heard her i'm not going to be able to bring it up but i heard her speak on a panel once actually it was a town hall for fosta sesta in 2018 I heard her speak on a panel and um, 
it was like so nice to just be able to see people just lit like soak everything she was saying in so much and i would never want to take that away from people i would never be like actually i should be speaking up there like no yeah. no i should not be she was talking about trans women in jackson heights in what universe would that be appropriate for me to get up there and like talk about right i would help organize i will help do whatever i'll support i'll support with money i'll support with whatever i could never be like no I deserve the attention. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, then you're not really down for the cause, are you? Yeah. So I guess this kind of relates to, like, making things in the community that aren't really an issue, like, into issues. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I I would hate to, like, go and, like, speak on things that, like, I am not a part of without being like hey these are people that know about it and talk about it constantly because like there's no one who's voiceless it's just people that we choose not to listen to for sure and that's the shit that bothers me when straight people get into the community and they're like i'm speaking on behalf i'm like no you're not you're speaking over everybody Mm -hmm. what are you doing but that's just like and this is like a side of me i don't really show really on the podcast and i don't really talk about that much but it does bother me because i'm like you've had attention you've had you know what i mean it's like and i have too like i have this platform like of course i would give it to someone else like of course because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter if i'm getting the the attention or not what matters is like are the things happening are people getting help Mm -hmm. are the people that know more about this speaking it's like are you actually down for the cause or do you want the attention that comes along with being down for something mm-hmm. and that bothers mm-hmm. me a lot because i think it's like please tell me why tiktok just emailed me why are they keep emailing me they're like hello someone liked your and i'm always like why are you emailing me this is new <laughs> but anyway that bothers me a lot because i'm just like you don't really care if you just want the attention that comes with like speaking about something. Yeah. But, you know, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but like also like actually it's not all. I'll, I'll add one more thing. If you, for example, like there's a lot of times where people ask me to speak on something or give a lecture or something on things that like – I could talk about, but I feel like I'm not the best voice to represent it. And I just refer out. That's always allowed. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be like, well, I guess there's no one else. Like, you know, just like pull someone with you. Like, whenever I'm asked to speak about sex work, I'm like, I'm pulling some sex workers with me. I need my girls with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be like, well, let me tell you everything. You know what I mean? Like I I try to always refer out. And it's the same thing with like queer issues. Like if you don't feel like you're in it, you know what I mean? Then don't talk about it like you're in it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but. I think that's like a big like TikTok thing, especially that I've seen since you brought it up. Yeah. Inadvertently. It's just so many people trying to hop on the discourse bandwagon and talk about things or advocate for things when it's not really their lived experience. Right. And and I feel like it's kind of like a tricky line where it's like, obviously you want to be supportive, but why are you, you know, talking about fat shaming when you're not fat? Or, and yeah. like, you, were you fat before? That's totally fine. Right. But like, you know, that's, you know, an issue within the queer community that I don't know if you should be talking about if that's not something you've experienced yourself. Right, right. Um, Like I could never be like talking about an issue as if it were mine. I can draw attention to it. Like I cite a lot of – like I wrote a whole paper about – like I deconstructed sex work through the institutions of like healthcare and criminal reform and all that stuff. Um, And – I directly quoted people from Jackson Heights. I direct, directly quoted black strippers. I wasn't like, I've heard. Mm-hmm. No, like, if you heard it, let them speak on it. You yeah. know what I mean? That kind of bothers me. But also, um, it's it's the same thing where it's like, I do want to, like, advocate for it. But there's better ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to do it on a platform. You can right. use it 
in your actions. Yeah. How you live your life, how you show up for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that means much more than, you know, hopping on a soapbox. Right. Like people got so confused while I was doing the kids. And yeah. I was like, because I have the money and, and I have the Amazon points that are expiring and I just want to do something nice, you know? And like, I didn't make anything. I lost money. But like, so? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I would rather give things than just be like, mm, I'm just going to like donate to Target's pride charity yeah. where they get the tax cut. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, if you really like want to do something, I suggest like reaching out to people individually or like the Sylvia Rivera Law Foundation or Glitz or like stuff like that where, and you just say, I'm offering to either like create something. Can I cater for you guys? Can I donate? Are you guys doing repairs to your building? Is there funds? Like just speak one-on-one with people um, because like obviously that'll always go further mm-hmm. than just being like, well, I donated to Target's like pride yeah. thing, you know, where that's good too. But the corporation at the end of the day is getting a huge tax cut from doing that. Totally. So it's like you're kind of just helping them. So I don't know, just that kind of also bothers me about corporate pride, bringing it back, um, that a lot of it also is for these huge tax cuts. Yeah, that's why you never really donate through the company itself. Right. You just go directly to the charity or organization or whatever it is. Yeah. But I'll put in, um, because like, you know, talking fast, I can put in the description of this episode, both on Spotify and on YouTube and stuff, um, the charities that uh, are small, doing amazing work. They're like for the community. They're doing things that a lot of people wouldn't think about, like providing shelter, Mm -hmm. but also like providing just necessary items like um, hygiene kits and stuff. Uh, still today, majority of youth in this country are that are that are homeless are uh, identifying in some way as LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's important to remember. You know, like it's so much fun. We love Pride. I love Pride so much, and it was an eye opening experience for me to feel accepted in a in a place that was so different from where I grew up. But at the end of the day, it's like. If you have a little bit of money, just throw it towards that too, because um, these things wouldn't be happening without the brave people that kind of did all this for us. So definitely, I mean, that's like kind of easy to forget in all of this when Chase has like a float. For sure. <laughs> and but, you, you know, know, the answer to like kind of what I mentioned before about you know expecting these companies to do things for us is to be the community for ourselves yeah, and to help each other because that's the way things improve or things change. It's not passing the buck farther down the line or presuming someone else will come and save us right? because they won't. Um, we only really have each other at the end of the day. And that goes for like everybody, you know what I mean? So uh, not to like end on a down note, but it's like, so many queer people and LGBTQ people, like we have a found family. Even if your family didn't necessarily like denounce you, there's n- there's a breach yeah. or there's a, well, I mean, they're not going to yeah. fulfill the expectations I had. And so the family that you create is sometimes so important. And I just want to tell people to really cherish that this pride like remember who your found family is and the people that you got you got to choose who you could spend time with and just like really resonate with and hold it so dear because we both know like it could happen overnight that you lose those people so yeah. it's just so important if you are queer and you have that found family just hold them close and um you know just remember that it's so much fun and it's like it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be a celebration but also just take a minute to like reflect on the people that we have lost and also like just all of the things that we have fought for and like how far we've come because i think that's a really beautiful thing yeah 
Thank you for being my found family. Of course. Thank you. Um, we've been friends for almost 10 years next year. So that is wild to me. And um, I I think that that's probably the most beautiful thing about being in this LGBTQ plus kind of community is just that there's a sense of family. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that's so special. And I think I really love that. So is there anything you want to add about corporate pride? <sighs> no. Yeah. Well, when is pride uh, the parade uh, in New York? It's usually like the very end of June. Yeah. I think I'm – I don't know if I'll be here or, or down in Florida. But if I am here, I'll figure it out. But if I am here and any of the listeners in New York – want to meet up somewhere or do a little pride meetup or whatever, I'm going to start to organize that on maybe the day, the night of yeah. or something. Um, so, cause I would love to do a little beyond the bedroom meetup. And I think that would be a really fun day to do it on or like just sometime in that weekend. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And thank you, Mal, for being on the show again. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah. It'll be more of a regular thing, I think, because it's, um, uh, it's just so fun to have you. And um, also we agree on everything. Just kidding. Well, we, do, we do not. No. Um, but yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. And you can use my code, B-I-R-N-A-10, Birna10, at getmod.com. They have all kinds of stuff to choose from. If you want to support the podcast, please go and do that. Um, mod is um, led by queer people. Amazing. And people of color. So we love to see it. We love to see that. And also I have some other sponsorships coming up that are going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. And keep your eyes peeled for beyondthebedroom.org. Uh, videos are coming soon that you guys can purchase. And I'm so excited to share that because I have strap on fun. Oh. I have anal 101, obviously. Because you guys want that so bad. <laughs> Just kidding. It's fun. Um, I have a whole thing on like tapping into your desire a whole thing i have some whole things too so keep your eyes peeled (laughs) thank you so much 